We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Weekend edition will be Monday night by the time you get it of Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul with, yes, the former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart, now the head coach of the Bakersfield Field <laughs> Drillers. It is, Here we go. It is time to talk to Rams football coach. How you doing? 
Doing well, real. <laughs> we all tie tongue tonight. Yeah. I'm doing real well, DC. And uh, man, just ready to get after it. Excited about a lot that's going on out here in this free agency world. Well, folks, before we do get into the meat of our show tonight, we do want to remind you we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. You'll also find our podcast list with Clutch Points. They feature an awesome app that puts loads of great NBA and NFL information at your fingertips, and they're even dabbling in a little bit of Major League Baseball. Check them out at ClutchPoints.com or download the app. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out. And don't forget our other shows and network, Rams Uncensored. That's right, folks. I'm telling you. I'm warning you. Got a couple messages on this. There, It's the reason why it's Rams Uncensored, okay? It's our radar podcast. They're just saying, okay? And, of course, butting heads with Steve and Johnny. And soon, Norm Hightower's new show, which will focus strictly on breaking down film. He wants you to, by the way, help him name it, folks. So, send a message in. What do you want Norm's no, new show to be named? What do you want to call it? So, there you go. All right, so I'm going to start this conversation here, Mike, with just kind of a a step back a little bit. We're heading towards the draft now. It's just weeks away. Free agency's dying down. The roster is starting to settle a little bit. And, you know, of course, this is where people start giving their free agency grades. And a little bit later, we're going to talk about the criticism (laughs) that we're starting to see come out about the Rams. So right, I just want to look at you right now and ask you, you know, where do you think this Rams roster is right now? And then kind of go through a position position by position and see where we actually think the team is done putting stuff together and where we think they may move in the draft. So let me ask you first thing, looking at the Rams right now, the roster and where they are, where do you think the Rams are in terms of the building process for next year? If I were to put it on a grade, I'm probably going to be at a C plus B minus. Okay, well, why? Well, basically because when you get guys that leave or we still have a number of guys that are unsigned, again, you don't really know, okay, what does that actually mean? So based on what we've got in regards to free agency and what we need uh, going forward, I put it a, a C plus B minus. You know, we okay. still got to – Filling those holes at guard, at center, you know. Obviously, we picked up some some key veterans on the defensive side, uh, but again, you know, as we talked about before, in my humble opinion, I still think we need another receiver that's going to be able to help out the guys that are here. You know, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. You know, given that if our main man Cooper Cuff is not up to speed, so you mentioned receiver mention um guard so on and so forth b minus c plus and given how the rams are in terms of where they draft and how well they've drafted the last couple of years you have to give them credit there i mean that's why they felt confident letting roger saffold go and letting john sullivan go is because they looked at things and go you know yeah yeah i think I, i like where we're going here they got good development so my first question here for you is gonna be at the quarterback position. Right now, the quarterbacks are at Brandon Allen, Blake Bortles, and, of course, Jared Goff. Are we set there? I believe we're set. I think we're good to go at the QB position. But knowing Coach McVay, he may try to steal a guy in the later rounds. But I think with Blake Bortles, you have a solid guy who's been in the league. 
should know what's going on. I just really believe with a fresh start, he's going to be maybe one of those hidden gems uh, that we are will look back and go, wow, you know, this has been a steal. If any of his pre-draft grade and, and the things he did getting him to the playoffs that year, uh, if those can resurface, you talking about we, we, we got a steal for a guy who's only going to cost us a million dollars. Well, this is why, I, I mean, he's going to be gone after a year. I really doubt the Rams and him will re-sign after one more year. He's, he's doing to come here and get, or re, kind of rebuild his, re, rebuild his career a little bit and then move on hopefully somewhere else, you know, in, in his view, hopefully. So I think you're honestly like mentioning a late-round pick quarterback. I would not be surprised at all if they go find a developmental guy or maybe go reach back into some of their previous stuff, like Luis Perez, who's in the AAF doing pretty well, and so on and so forth, and see if they can find a guy who can then develop into a solid backup behind Jared Goff. I just don't see Bortles being around long enough to be the long-term backup. Well, you got to look at it from a different perspective, though. You know, Blake Bortles had a number of tough years out there in Jacksonville, so one year is not going to necessarily rebuild who he is or what he could be. You know, he's going to have to turn in some seasons uh, like the, the, the quarterback that just left Philly and signed at his old place. Uh, you're going to have to kind of do something like that. So I would assume he is going to be here more than a year because – Outside of him doing that, that means Jared Goff has somehow gotten banged up where now he's in there playing a whole lot. But if he's not really playing except in preseason and maybe mop-up duty, that's not going to show another team that this guy's ready to be their starter. So there's always this opportunity for guys like uh, him to look at the big picture and say, you know what, I can play a lot of years in the key backup role and – if something unfortunately happens, I could step into a system and excel and then let the chips fall as they may. So you think he's here longer than a year? I would think so, because unless, you know, Jared gets hurt and he goes in there and lights it up. I mean, why would you sign a guy who now doesn't really have any film? Are you going to base it on what, what are you going to base on now? He's going to come in and be your starter. I don't know. No, I'm talking about someone to kind of be the back, the backup heir apparent, like the person you want to develop to be your number two guy down the down the road. So that's why. I'm well, that's true. That's true. But well, I think the fact that Jared is so young. Remember, he came out of college early, so he's relatively young. So if we just take an average career, you know, granted he doesn't suffer any catastrophic injury. You talk about he got another 15 plus years to be the quarterback of the Rams. So that being the case, why would you have two guys that are that young backing each other up or being the heir apparent to the future? I mean, Jared Goff is—he's just—he's still young himself. So that's why I think. Go ahead. That's why I think we're 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 kind of misconnecting here. Well, okay, I'm thinking along the Patriot way. Okay, you know what the Patriots do? They go out there and they had Tom Brady there, their number one guy. So they right. go out there and draft guys, develop them a little bit, and then trade them. So you go out there and you get, say, Jimmy Garoppolo. Before him, the other guys, too. Um, who was it? Hoyer was there for a while. And right, Matt right. Castle was there for a while. That's the kind of thought process I'm thinking in terms of you go out there, you get a guy, you develop him, have into a solid backup behind Goff, and then when you're ready to move on, you move on. 
and you go out there and you move him for picks because he's going to be ready to be a starter at some point if you develop the guy properly. And they do a lot of things right now that the Patriots do. Yeah, well, you, the thing is what you're talking about is what is the strategy they're going to employ? So do they do it somewhat like the Patriot Ray, bring a guy in, get him going, and then get picks for him down the road? Or do they get a guy like a Blake Bortles who should be somewhat of a seasoned veteran on the cheap, if you will, and you know you have a guy who's already been there, done that, that you don't have to do a whole lot except give him an opportunity. So that's kind of why I'm thinking that, you know, if I'm Blake Bortles, man, I'm in sunny Southern California. I'm on a team that should be in the hunt every year. I can make this, I don't want to say easy money, but easy money being in, in California playing for one of the top teams in the league and not have the stress and the pressure that he's already been under as a young quarterback. So I would just assume he would take this next year or two to basically refresh his mind, refresh his body, and then maybe, you know, go go down deeper and look at getting back into maybe trying to get a starting job. Okay. So then we have the running backs. All right, Malcolm Brown, he's back. Justin Davis on the roster right now. Of course, Todd Gurley and John Kelly. Those are, those are your guys right now. Are we set at running back, or are you thinking, let's go ahead and get somebody else mid-round or so forth? I'm, I'm thinking that one hand we're set. You would say that there are three capable backs behind them, but then we still have a C.J. Anderson who's out there that we know what he could do. But it seems like, all intents and purposes, the – the idea is to get someone more like a Todd Gurley that's out the backfield, down the field, great ball catcher, things like that. So that's where the second option is they may look at a guy in the draft to fill that void or need possibly. Where does John Kelly fit for you? Well, it all depends on him because you're talking about a guy who's now been here. And so the stakes in, in one on one hand are going to be a lot higher for him on the expectation of improvement. And so that's where the off season and, you know, the conditioning and the things that they'll see, they'll be able to quickly probably make a decision if he's going to be here or not based on kind of what he's doing in the next number of months and maybe the early part of uh, camp in, in July. I think they feel set there. I think they really do. <laughs> and I think if, if anything, they'll wait and see who gets cut later on maybe pick them up. I don't think they're going to take a draft pick this year on running back. I mean, probably not because I think that's as that's not really a high need. That would be uh, a want, if you will. Hey, we want another guy to be in here, but it's not necessarily need. They got bigger fish to fry, if you will. Uh, it's some other positions. Okay. So tight end here. A tight end is where we see a lot of folks on Twitter and social media starting to think, you know, maybe the Rams make a move here. Uh, on the roster right now, Gerald Everett, Johnny Munt, and Tyler Higby. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing anybody else here. Do a quick scroll. Those are your guys. Do you think the Rams make any moves for another tight end in the draft? No, I, I think these guys are solid, you know. But I think something happened last year, and it seemed all connected with Cooper Cuff that the tight ends just disappeared. But those guys can catch. That's a high-value position. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like the offense a little bit was 
got out of sync when Cooper Cup went down for whatever reason. And then it became somewhat a little bit more predictable, if you will. But I think those guys should pay big dividends. And I and I would imagine uh, Coach McVay is going to make sure uh, that's a bigger part of the offense going forward. Well, so, you know, I thought they actually used Everett and Higby a little more once once Cup went down. But it was inconsistent. Like, they would come out there and show have some packages for them. The next game, they disappear. They, we didn't see them at all in the Super Bowl at all. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean when – it's, it, it was like a hit and miss kind of thing, if you will. It's like, oh, man, we made some plays. And then it's like you go to the rest of the game and there was no no balls thrown either of their ways or they weren't even in the, in the game. So, again, I don't know if that was more of a game plan thing, but I just see the use of those guys being a little bit more effective uh, in this next season. Let's see. And on my end, I look at Tyler Higby and I go, you know what? They are still trying – I mean, he's he's in his fourth year now, right? And they're still trying to figure out how to use his big body at six foot six, two fifty five. And Gerald Everett, to me, he has the talent right now to be one of the best playmaking tight ends in the league. And they have not quite gotten him in the offense yet or haven't developed all the way. At this point, you know, you have to wonder, will it actually happen? But – I don't see them going out there and making a move right now when you have so many holes on the offensive line and defensive line and, you know, future quarterback and linebacker you need to take care of. So I agree with you, no tight end this year, but would it surprise you if they went tight end? It would be absolutely surprise me because you got to remember we're all creatures of habit and we're creatures of environment. Coach McVay came up technically in the San Francisco 49er heyday where the tight end was one of the high value positions on their team, you know, from Dwight Clark to all the other tight ends and and a guy that's still playing with Washington today, the tight end position in that West Coast offense uh, has always been a very potent player. So my guess is... Coach McVay is going to figure out a way to take these guys who are big, strong, fast, can catch the ball, can do multiple things, and absolutely get them involved on a more consistent basis. Okay, now wide receiver here. You you mentioned that it's a need. Here's your wide receiver now. Brian, uh, sorry, Brandon Cooks, Kadero Hodge, Cooper Cup, that's the ACL, JoJo Natson. Austin Prohl, Josh Reynolds, Mike Thomas, Robert Woods. That's your, right now, your lineup of wide receivers. You know, you have Brandon Cooks being the your speedster. He's not going to be your red zone target for the most part, though, at 5'10". Cooper Cup has been your, your slot guy underneath. Josh Reynolds, we still don't know. And Robert Woods has been our solid possession guy, 6'195". Mike Thomas was supposed to be one of those guys and never really panned out. Uh, Austin Prohl was a – he's a pro. <laughs> we'll find out what he develops into. JoJo Natson, 5'7", 153. That's your kick returner. And Kadero Hodge, a mystery at really will he develop anything more, 6'2", 205, rookie last year. So all those guys, what do you think the Rams fully need at wide receiver? Is it just another Cooper Cup clone 
or are you looking at more of a speedster? Are you looking for a, you know, a tall red zone threat? What do you think they need right now? I'm thinking they're going to add someone who can stretch the field and complement Brandon Cooks uh, a little bit more on the other side. You know, out of all those guys that you mentioned, you have to look at, okay, how many of those guys actually play quality snaps? I mean, we saw Josh Reynolds get in there a lot more down the stretch, uh, but the other guys, you know, little to nothing going out there. So when you look at the actual reps that were taken on the field, those are basically between Cooks and Woods, Cooper Cup before he got hurt, and then Josh Reynolds when he's back in. So that being the case, and those other guys not really playing that much, you know, I mean, are they helping out on special teams? Maybe so. So that's why I kind of look at them getting another receiver who's actually going to come in and affect the game in a positive way to go with some of those top tier guys, you know, the Cooks, the Woods and the Cooper Cuffs uh, that are already here. But it just seems to me that's where they're going to go. So you think, okay, just to verify, just clarify, you think another yep. deep threat, another, another speedster? Yeah, because when you look at a lot of the passing game that we've done, it's it's the deeper passing game. And so, one, you need guys who can hit it and get down there fast. And you also need guys to be able to, you know, be an, a clone of each other on each side so that you can't really double one side or the other, you know, or if you're flooding the zone, now you can send two guys vertical, break a guy underneath, you know, it just opens up more things. So that's just kind of my, my gut feeling that just kind of looking at how the offense ran smooth early on, they were able to hit the deep ball somewhat at will and they weren't able to do that down the stretch. Okay. So moving on to offensive line, Guys marked as center right now by the Rams, Brian Allen, Aaron Neary, Awesome Blythe, which will be a guard. And then your only gu- other guard mentioned is Jamil Demby, a guy that they drafted, then let go, and then got back. And your tackles, four tackles on the roster right now, Rob Havenstein, Kyle Murphy, Andrew Whitworth, and Daryl Williams. Now, poor Daryl Williams was the butt of many a joke last, <laughs> last year in preseason. So... That offensive line, to me, has a lot, leaves a lot to be desired in terms of depth, in terms of even instilling confidence and starts. So where do you go with this, with this offensive line that I just listed? Well, I, I think at the tackle position, we may be a little more stout. The thing on the inside, guys, the guard center and, and, and well, both guards position in the center – uh, and sometimes the tackles, a lot of times, can be interchangeable. So a lot of times what teams are looking for is a guy who can play multiple positions if need be. Or at least he can play both guards positions. So he can put his hand down either or play right guard or left guard. Uh, and then occasionally you'll see a guy who's played guard move in the center, but your center is is like your quarterback uh, on the line, you know, making the, you know, setting the line calls and different things like that. So, you know, it takes a guy who's mentally capable of, of doing that along with making sure he can get the ball snap. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just, I just realized I forgot Joe Nopum. <laughs> he was just sitting off by himself. Joe Nopum, yeah. th- 6'5, 300, 321 pounds. 
So I forgot to list him. My bad. Yeah. So when you look at it, you know, if you can take the guys who have been here and now guys are in, you know, they're more years in the system, more years and are improving. Now you go in the draft and get some guys who can come in and quote unquote compete for a starting job. But maybe you don't have to play them right away. Let them learn a little bit. And then, you know, their quality backups until their number gets called. So the Rams have a number one pick. Okay, you know, third, you know, first round or 31, 31 picks in. They don't pick again right now until the 94th pick in the draft. So they, they need to hit in this first round pick. They either need to make a solid deal to move back or get the right guy for that first round pick. Is this a place where you're looking for that tackle or guard at your first round pick, or are you going to wait till third round or later? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends what the Rams decide, what is their number one need? You know, we can speculate like, oh, they should go here. They should go there. But once they determine again, what their need is, if it's me, I'm, I'm probably going to look at that position for someone on the O line. And because, you know, I like the 31 pick in the sense of, you know, you got 30 picks before you that should kind of clear things up a little bit. You know, there's this thinking of, oh, well, these guys are going to be the top one, two, three. That's easy. Four, five, and six. Well, way up there, the stakes are the stakes are very high that you really get the right guy. But down at 31, okay, you've been in the draft room. You've been sitting here. You're watching the draft. Now you're going. Things start clearing themselves out. And if you've had your draft board already, you probably can get a great trigger. You are ever the optimist. At 31 picks in, you're thinking of all the great positives that you can get right where you are at 31. Most people think, you know, hey, uh, 31st, you're kind of getting everybody's leftovers of that first round section. And you're you're the optimist here. I I love that. (laughs) Well, I remember a guy named Nolan Cromwell. He was a 31 pick and ended up being, you know, four or five, six time pro bowlers, could play on either side of the ball, had a great career. Uh, you know, taught me when I came in as a young rookie. And so I'm just saying, if you've done your homework, by the time you get to the 31 pick, you should be able to figure out, one, where you're going, and two, who should be a pretty good player at that point. Okay, so, but what I want, I'm going to press you a little bit on this, Mike. I'm going to press you. Yes, sir. If Let's you go. are Coach McVay right now and you are prioritizing your positions, if you have your golden pick that's sitting there, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a, a, a guard or a tackle, or are you looking towards defense? No, I'm going guard all the way. I'm going guard because I think you got enough on the defense with the guys that are coming in, and I think there will be enough guys left over on the defensive side to go. But I'm going to find someone at that guard position that can come in and be ready to, to compete for that starting job day one. All right, so I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here with the offense here. I think we should probably save the defense for next week. All right. Okay. We did the offense this week, so the offense will stay stay the Rams on offense. We've broken it down a little bit for you. We're getting close to the draft. Uh, We have more draft prospects coming on the show this week as well, so tune in for that. But there's 
a couple more things we do want to get to before we do. I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, who's been a supporter for us from the get-go. Well, not quite from the get-go, but pretty close, much of the get-go. So most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Church, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollowesteam.com and on Twitter at hollowesteam. It's also available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find it in various other booksellers on the internet. Oh, and don't forget, it's paperback on September 6th. Folks, I've read from cover to cover. It's for a great cause. Homeboy Industries out there in Los Angeles to get some people out of the gang life and contributing to society. It's just a great opportunity. Check it out. Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, Mike, you ready? Ready, boss. Ready. Here we go. I like being called boss now. All right. (laughs) Okay, so this week... The Bleacher Report's national head writer, national leader writer, Mike Tanier, or you know, calls himself the Zen Archer, released a free agency summary. And on the summary about the Rams, he said, the official NFC Championship offseason plan, do little, get quicker, get quicker, sorry, get weaker, slide quickly into mediocrity if not careful. And a lot of Rams fans jumped in that thread it had some words. Our own Brian Joanu went after him a little bit. And, um, you know, when, when they give an opinion like that, what are your first thoughts? Is he right? How do you take that brief summary? Well, it's the offseason, right? This is where the speculation game gets to the highest part. This is where Vegas is getting the odds all dialed in. So <laughs> uh, it's just interesting how, you know, I love this whole Twitter world and everything else. And, you know, something jumps out here and, and the next, thing you know, people can run with it. But obviously it's just one person's opinion and, you know, so be it. But I just love the fact that now we're talking about it. Other people are chiming in and it's just a view. Uh, but that's what's kind of cool about being on the outside. We don't really know what they're thinking on the inside. We're just observing from afar and then hopefully in time, certain things reveal himself. But I don't know how I'm all in on a lot of the things he said. You know, there's going to be some 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 things he said that makes some sense. But I don't know that we're going into, you know, oblivion. I don't know that they did. Well, just looking at it. OK, the official NFC championship champion offseason plan do little. I don't think getting your pass rusher back, Dante Fowler back bringing in Clay Matthews and getting Eric Weddle is doing little. And I'm not so sure they got weaker by doing that either. They let go to Dominican Sue, who really didn't do all that much for much of the year last year. And LaMarcus Joyner was often miscommunicating with the rest of the secondary throughout much of, the, of last year. I mean, we've all seen the film on that. So I'm not so sure they got weaker or I can definitely say they, they didn't do little. Well, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you look at just who you just named off, 
obviously it's not getting weaker. I don't know what the weaker part is uh, because it's just not to compare the two, but I'm going to. It's like the Lakers. You know, we got LeBron James and everybody's like, oh, man, we're going to go to the to the championship game now. And it's like, okay, there's a lot more to it than one player. If you look at what we've done, we've kind of shored up some things on one hand, and we've made additions that are positive. These aren't guys that are like going to make us, as he quoted, weaker. These guys are actually going to make us better, and a collective unit is what's going to win games. Well, he may be also referring to the offensive line, losing Roger Saffold, letting John Sullivan go. But you know, we we saw John Sullivan late in the year last year. He was getting off the ball a lot, and Roger Saffold. To me, that one is that's that is a dagger. That one does hurt a bit, and they have to be quite confident in what they're getting with Joe Nopu probably going to guard if they're going to let Roger go. Well, there's no doubt, and this again is where the cap, free agency, the draft you know, off-season, all these things come into play in regards to how you're going to build and reconstruct your team. But I look at how much we saved on a true backup quarterback. I mean, are you going to be able to go out in the marketplace and get a guy for a million dollars? I don't think so. I think that was a good, good buy, if you will. So I think all in all, you have to look at because – the Rams, like every other team, certain things are going to be dictated by how much money they have. And that's the trick of this whole idea behind the cap is anticipating year to year what you're going to have. How do you improve your team with the money that's left over and then keeping guys that you have to pay in the future? It, it becomes a real dicey situation at times because I think last year I think we went all in and so we were right there in the Super Bowl but now this year we got to kind of probably pull back a little bit and you know really you know gonna have to coach him up this offseason well Lindsay Theory wrote an article this week for ESPN saying the Rams are still in all-in mode they're still in in all-in mode in terms of the run and so on and so forth I look at it and go you know what I think they are in a lot of ways, still in win-now mode. They still kept most of those pieces. They still have Jared Goff under that, you know, the rookie contract, and they're bringing in these veterans who they think can get them over the hump. It's just, can you seal off that interior line, one, and will they have enough to me at defensive tackle to really make a move either, to really be able to stuff the run and at least provide some kind of partnership with Aaron Donald on the inside? That's where the draft comes in, you know. And absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know is the is the door closed on signing Sue back? Well, I mean that's what Sneed said this week. Pretty much, you know, they're, not, they're almost out of money. Four point eight million dollars they have left around there, and Sue's probably commanding much more than that. I would yeah, I mean his numbers more like I think fifteen million based on you know guys at his position and things like that. So. Yeah, he's not giving that much of a home downtown discount. Yeah, well, and, but you notice he's still unsigned. True, true. So, and so they'll wait, and other teams will wait and see, and it'll, it'll become a guessing game uh, down the stretch. But a guy like Sue, he may say, you know, look, I, I have enough money. It's not like I have to play. So he may be a guy that 
waits around to the eighth game and just gets gets on a team that needs a guy to come in and and maybe get him to the to the playoffs. Maybe, and, but maybe he also thinks just offhand. Maybe he thinks, you know what? I was happy in L.A. Maybe I should maybe I should rethink this thing. Maybe I should take less for one more year. You never know. I mean, stranger things have happened. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now I hope that would because I, I think. The tandem, and again, you you look at a lot of guys last year, first year in the system, if you will, this year, second year in the system, and it typically is going to be easier and better second go-round. So, and just, just to look at where people are mocking what Rams do in the draft with that first pick to kind of seal off some of those gaps, Ryan Karchi over the Orange County Register has the Rams taking with the 31st pick Dexter Lawrence, nose tackle from Clemson. Now I'd love to get him. I would love to get him. A run stuffing nose tackle. I'm not so sure he's there though. I'm not I mean, I think Ryan might be a little optimistic that the Rams can get him at thirty at thirty one. Well, it's interesting because uh I, I saw a report that looks like they may get, you know, this again a mock draft, uh Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But again, it sounds like either way they're going defense. I mean, def- defense or move back. Like you said, though, what if that guard you think will be great or that tackle, Andrew Whitworth's heir apparent, is sitting there? You think you could take over? You know, I, I don't know that. I don't know that they don't make that move. Or maybe, just maybe, someone offers them a sweet deal just to move back a few picks into the second round and get another pick after that as well. And that's where things come into play, you know, when you you figure like, okay, are the Rams done or maybe not done? Maybe they're going to pack up some things for something else. Yeah, I don't know. But even though we both looked at some two different reports, it looked like D-line going at that 31 pick. I still just feel like that doesn't make sense when you got what looks to be some glaring holes on the O-line that really need attention. I think it just depends on who's there. Or you know, but you know how good they are at finding guys at the senior bowls. Well, guys who are gonna go third, fourth, fifth round, and maybe that's their play. Maybe their play is you're gonna find the best playmaker available at thirty one. If it happens to be an offensive line guy, great. If not, if there's a nose tackle there that can help our solidify that middle part of our line, or maybe there's a pass rusher there, maybe that's your guy. And sooner or later they're gonna take a safety. They've they've visited with numerous safeties thus far uh, in this run up to the draft, and we'll talk about that next week, but I just got to think, I, I have to think right now, if they can get that nose tackle, though, that will help sure up the running defense. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, anything that uh, you can get in to make sure, you know, Aaron Donald and the rest of the guys can, you know, create havoc, and a guy that's planted knows there's not as much of a learning curve, if you will, uh, as it is in some of the other positions, so yeah, it's going to be fun to to watch and see what happens over these next few weeks in the, the draft and, and see what other moves that the Rams are going to make. But it just almost feels like they have another something big up their sleeve. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. You, you, you just don't know these days. You have no way. When it comes to the partnership of Les Snead and Sean McVay, you really can't take anything for granted when it comes to pulling a, magic, uh, pulling a rabbit out of their hat. And that's the beauty of packaging and and things like that. I mean, who would have thought Cleveland would have ended up with Odell Beckham? 
I mean, that just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know they were trying to, to deal him, but wow. To Cleveland? That just kind of came. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even funnier seeing Odell Beckham on Brace going to Cleveland, by the way. Exactly. Right. No one would have thought that a while ago. Nobody right. would have thought that a while ago. All right. So, folks, was good conversation. We'll be back next week. We do want to ask you, hey, if you want to sponsor us, give us a call at uh, 657-666-5453. You can put that over time because I mumbled it because I'm a big dork. 657-666-5453. Leave us a voicemail there or email us at ramstop1945 at gmail.com. We have a meet ready to get out to you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Mike at 1Duke23. Also, don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. We're also on iBeatRed.com on Wednesdays and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. For Mike, this is Derek C. Apollo. Take it easy. We'll see you in a couple days. Yes, you will. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something else. <laughs> Threw me for a loop. Have a great one, folks. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Recently, Total Wireless helped Charlie Michelle stage a virtual dance recital for her friends and family. This event was super meaningful to them. Because when you move to Total Wireless, you can get amazing devices on nationwide 5G. And with unlimited plans starting at $25 a month, you could save up to $1,200 a year. Thank you, Total Wireless, for helping me pull this off. Total Wireless. Do amazing. Compatible 5G device required. 5G network in limited areas. Month equals 30 days. Savings claim made when compared to four-line postpaid plans of leading carriers 10-2020. See terms and conditions at TotalWireless.com.